Born and raised in Evanston, Illinois. Ever been there where folks chew red man and burn crosses? I realized she must be two or three years older than me, and that daunted me a little. When you're that age, a three-year difference seems like a lot. I thought that was Mississippi, I said. No, never been to Illinois. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I've only ever been to the Midwest once, one summer when I was 15, I guess, and my dad and I went fishing in the Ozarks, Missouri. We also visited St. Louis, if I remember right. Psychology? Aftermath? Well, I was reckoned to be a kind of genius at school, she said. In high school, I won all kinds of international math competitions, and at 21 I'd already finished a master's degree, getting ready to do my PhD. But I turned down all the scholarships and came here to do psychology. My MS helped me get into a research program. Okay, but you still haven't answered my question. Have a little patience. She brushed the popcorn crumbs off her t-shirt. I remember it well. She was wearing a pair of stonewashed jeans, the kind with several zippers, which was coming into fashion at the time, and a white t-shirt. She went to the fridge to fetch a Coke, asking me if I wanted one. She opened the cans, stuck a straw in each, and returned to the couch, handing me one. The summer after I graduated, I fell in love with a boy from Evanston. He was home for the holidays. He was doing a master's degree in electronics at MIT, something to do with computers. A handsome and apparently smart guy named John R. Findlay. He was two years older than me, and we'd known each other vaguely in high school. But a month later, he was stolen from me by Julia Craig, one of the dumbest creatures I've ever met. A kind of hominid who'd learned to articulate around a dozen words, to wax her legs, and how to use a knife and fork. I realized that I was good at equations and integrals, but I didn't have the faintest clue about how people think in general, and men in particular. I realized that if I wasn't careful, I'd end up spending my life surrounded by cats, guinea pigs, and parrots. So that's why I came here the following fall. Mom was worried and tried to change my mind, but she already knew me well enough to understand that it had been easier to teach me how to fly on a broomstick. I'm now in my last year, and I've never regretted my decision. I'm in my final year, too. Have you learned what you set out to? I asked. I mean, about the way men think? For the first time, she looked me straight in the eye. Not sure, but I think I've made progress. John broke up with Godzilla after just a few weeks. I didn't answer his calls after that, even though he's been trying to get in touch with me for months. Maybe I'm just picky, you know? She finished her Coke and put the empty can on the table. We continued to watch the rescue of the little gal from Texas on TV and chatted until almost midnight, drinking coffee and going outside into the garden from time to time to smoke the Marlboros she'd fetched from her room. At one point, I helped her carry inside the rest of her stuff from the trunk of her old Hyundai, which was parked in the garage. Laura was nice. She had a sense of humor, and I realized she was very well-read. Like any new adult, I was a seething mass of hormones. At the time, I didn't have a girlfriend, and I was desperate to have sex, but I remember clearly that in the beginning I never thought about the possibility of getting her into bed. I was sure she must have a boyfriend, although we never talked about it. But I was disturbed, in a pleasant sort of way, at the prospect of sharing a house with a woman, which was something I'd never done up until then. It was as if, all of a sudden, I was going to have access to mysteries that had previously been forbidden. The reality was that I didn't like it at college, and I could hardly wait to complete my final year and get out of there. I'd been born and raised in Brooklyn, in Williamsburg, near Grand Street, where homes were a lot cheaper than they are nowadays. 
Mom taught history at the Boys and Girls High School in Bed-Stuy, and Dad was a medical assistant at Kings County Hospital. I wasn't working class, in other words, but I felt as if I were, given the blue-collar neighborhood where I lived. I grew up without any major material troubles, but at the same time, my folks couldn't afford a large number of the things we'd like to have. Brooklynites were interesting to me, and I felt like a fish in water among that babble of different races and customs. The 1970s were hard times for the city of New York, and I remember that a lot of folks were dirt poor and violence was widespread. When I arrived at Princeton, I joined a few academic societies, became a member of one of those famous eating clubs on the street, and hung out with the amateur actors from the Triangle Club. In front of a literary circle with an exotic name, I read a number of the short stories I'd written toward the end of high school. The group was run by a vaguely famous author who taught as a visiting professor, and its members vied with one another in torturing the English language to produce meaningless poems.